It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 72. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers and also... Large what is it? <laughs> What's on your desk? Large buildings. <laughs> I'm looking out what? the window and I see the Boston skyline. And <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I can see the I John Hancock you'd become building. a mad scientist. <laughs> Setting up my I'll little, like... shrink <laughs> the clock tower. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I actually can see a clock tower from here. Oh. It's beautiful. Because it's on your desk. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cool. Uh, should we just dive into it? Let's do it. All right. I will read the first question. This is from a listener who requested we call them Mr. Big. Which <laughs> Hi, Mr. Big. You're right. As a question asker. We call you um, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's appropriate. Hey, guys. Love your show. I work at a pre-Series A startup. See, that's why we called them Mr. Big. <laughs> as they requested because they started with flattery yeah all right i work at a pre-series a startup where it often feels as though there are tons of fires that need putting out regularly our ceo is brilliant technically and built the entire company by himself before being forced into more ceo focused tasks we've now grown to about 15 engineers uh, yet despite this he's constantly micromanaging our tasks as well as requesting specific implementation details often he's right but it's very difficult to push back what do you recommend? Stay the course and deal with micromanaging? Quit? Exclamation mark? Or speak up? <laughs> Pre-Series A and 15 engineers, what are they paying you in? Just stock options? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question I didn't think about. Maybe there's a bigger problem than micromanaging. <laughs> are you actually getting a paycheck? And also we haven't been paid. <laughs> <laughs> but the ceo swears he will pay us maybe you should have the ceo he's paying us in in-depth over-the-shoulder technical mentorship that's right <laughs> listen i'm so good at micromanaging it's like money <laughs> it's like money it's basically money <laughs> oh man you can't pay for this stuff <laughs> i could give you money but i would be robbing you of the greater value you'd be getting by not taking money <laughs> uh, i don't know so i have a hard time empathizing here i love micromanagers who tell me how to do my job it like takes a huge load off my shoulders <laughs> think think of all the decisions you don't have to make yeah i said a while ago that sometimes i feel like a hand or a brain with hands and in this job, you're literally just hands. That's you don't right. even need a, a brain. <laughs> yep. So your brain can do other stuff. Yeah, you could like... What if, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You just like pull up Netflix on your second monitor and just uh -huh. watch it. And then like kind of half listen to what your CEO tells you to do and do it while he's over your shoulder. Yep. This is a blessing I in like disguise, it. Mr. Big. <laughs> <laughs> um... Hmm. Well, I, I, I think it sounds like you're at an inflection point in the growth of this company, which every successful company that's started by technical people probably hits. They all build it themselves and then the company grows and eventually it grows to the size where they can no longer build it themselves. Mm -hmm. But it's hard sometimes to recognize that when this is what you've done for the life of the company, the, the CEO, I mean. 
like he has micromanaged everything because back before there were 15 people it wasn't micromanaging it was doing the work right <laughs> like that was the same thing yeah um so i i feel like this might have just kind of snuck up on him suddenly or or the opposite of suddenly <laughs> snuck up on him slowly yep uh and and it's kind of that like frog boiling in the pot thing like he might not realize that oh this is bad now at the scale that we're at because it used to be just what i had to do to get stuff done yep and no longer yeah (sighs) get your hand out of the cookie jar buddy unboil that pot (laughs) um what other food metaphors could we use (laughs) ungrate that carrot (laughs) i think that's one of them definitely so the carrot I think my point in saying that is uh, quitting feels drastic to me because this doesn't feel like, I mean, every technical company I think has gone through something like this and can get through it successfully. So I don't see this Mm -hmm. as a a fatal flaw in the company. Um, I mean, it's possible some companies do the ones that don't make it. (laughs) Some of them are killed by this, but I don't think it's insurmountable. Yeah, usually it's not a micromanaging leadership team that kills your company. Usually it's having no revenue. So this is great. <laughs> um, yeah. It says here there are a ton of fires that need to be put out regularly, which tells me you've got customers. So this is this is good. <laughs> no fires, no customers. So it sounds oh. to me like this company is on track and your CEO is having a hard time letting go and knowing when. And so someone needs to tell the CEO that it's time to hire a technical leader who who can be trusted to run this team uh, so that the CEO can focus on arguably much more important tasks. Yeah, I, I think I've seen this kind of behavior in really capable technical people who um, uh, it, it's likely that a lot of the times when they dive in to micromanage, they actually do see things that are like bad and wrong and they can fix them and correct them and they feel like that's progress and they don't see the overall harm that it does, even if they're right in that specific instance and they save a little bit of time mm-hmm. or debug an issue or whatever, that diving in like that over and over again, I think costs your team more than those small um, those small tweaks that you're able to make by micromanaging. Yep. And you might even feel like you're doing your team a favor by insulating them from some of the quirky stuff that you are familiar with. And that you don't want to have to put them through the pain of becoming familiar with this maybe hacky code that you oh, created. Oh, like, yeah, like the CEO wrote the code, so he might be like, oh, I, I know how to fix this. Like, exactly. step aside or, exactly. or, or look in this file or whatever. Well, even more charitably, it's like, oh, yeah, I did this hack. Uh, I don't think you should spend two hours learning about the hack. Let me just put the fix in real quick. You know, it's like he's doing yeah. them a favor. Um, I think sometimes this could be because people are more comfortable doing things they know how to do already mm-hmm. and in some ways it could be the ceo is avoiding doing more ceo yep. things because <laughs> he's real good at technical stuff yep. and maybe he's less good at like presenting to the board so yep. <laughs> it, it could be an escape for him to dive into the code so he's sitting at his desk and he's like oh, i have this powerpoint presentation that i have to do that's full of like money and stupid stuff or I could go fix this esoteric bug that Mr. Big has yeah. been working on. I'm going to go jump and I'm going to go shoulder surf with him and work on that. It's like a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like an addiction. Yeah, that's actually a better analogy. Kick it. 
so that you can go negotiate with that investor who wants to give you a lot of money, but also take control of your company or whatever stressful stuff is going on that day. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like we are in agreement that this is bad (laughs) and needs to change. What, what can Mr. Big do to help affect this change? I think there's two things. First of all, Mr. Big can just wait and do nothing because if the company is successful enough for long enough, the CEO will by necessity be taken away from the code and will have to deal with things like raising that Series A funding that he hasn't raised yet. And I guarantee you that those activities will take all of his time eventually. Yeah. And are arguably more important than fixing that bug. (laughs) Yes, yes. So much more important. Um, and number two is uh, is show your CEO that your engineering team is competent and capable and do that by solving problems before they even come to the CEO's knowledge, uh, which you might be able to set up a process to where you get bug reports directly or issues uh, and then you can solve them and then tell the CEO what you did and he can be like, oh, cool. This team's taking care of it. It's great. It might actually be a relief for him. Yeah. So Mr. Big says, often he is right, but it is very difficult to push back. Um, So it sounds like, I I can't tell if push back means pushing back on those specific technical things that the CEO is bringing up or pushing back on the idea of, hey, this isn't, this isn't the thing you should be doing right now. Oh, I got the impression that it was the technical things because Mm. I'm guessing that Mr. Big hasn't mustered the courage to sit down with the CEO and say, hey, (laughs) you're doing a terrible job. Yeah. That's, don't say those words. (laughs) Say different (laughs) words. (laughs) Um, I, I think you, if you tell the CEO like, hey, you need to do your job, which is raising funding, that might be a tough conversation to, (laughs) to, to have. If you can instead couch it in terms of like, this is what will help the engineering team more, it it feels a little bit more like you're talking about things you're responsible for and like, Mm -hmm. who cares about all the CEO stuff you're doing? I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you your job. I'm trying to tell you how you can help our team better, which feels a little bit different. You could even talk about the company's ability to scale and grow and meet the demanding, uh, the growing demand for its services. So like you could say, look, there's only one of you. Um, we have a growing engineering team. We have a growing customer base and you won't be able to scale to address all of these fires. And I know it's been normal for you to get involved at, when we were at this smaller scale, but as we grow, you simply won't be available. So we have to develop a process whereby the engineering team can be self-sufficient in resolving these fires without you. Yeah, I. that feels like the straightforward way of doing it. I think what I mean is if you're worried about the CEO not taking that conversation well, because to some extent you're telling him like, hey, you're not doing your job well. Sure. Which for some people might not go over well. Um, So instead you can say like the engineering team will be better off. Make it less about him and more about the team that you are on and that you help. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's it's kind of a subtle difference and it might not matter. Yeah. In the end. depends on how... (laughs) grumpy yeah in the end the results should be the same which is he should he should back off (laughs) yeah i think you mentioned hiring technical leadership right did you say that early on uh i don't know can't remember that was a long time ago that was like 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 minutes ago minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) well i think you did and i think that might be one leverage point to use to get the ceo to back off to to find someone that 
he trusts and and that can help take a burden off his shoulders and yeah yeah that'll make your lives better too then you can have someone who's more dedicated to micromanaging yeah, exactly. A full-time micromanager. They'll have more time. Yeah, they'll be yeah, better yeah, at it. They won't be distracted by all this like <laughs> Series A nonsense. <laughs> no, but seriously, there will cool. come a time when your company needs a VP of engineering or a CTO. And uh, 15 engineers is starting to feel like that time. So the good news is if you hire someone from outside, they will not be able to micromanage because they don't have all the context that the CEO has, having not written the system. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> they may still be a micromanager. They just won't be able to do it the same way. Yeah. All right. Have we answered the question? I do have, I actually do have one more question. Um, so th- the question is all about the micromanaging CEO, but it says here at the startup, uh, it often feels as though there are a ton of fires that need to be put out regularly. I don't quite see the connection between the fires and the micromanaging unless maybe the fires are the thing that the CEO is helping to micromanage you know maybe it's not like big architectural discussions maybe it's like oh here's an issue from a customer i'm going to help you fix it yeah that seems like it to me in which case maybe they they do have some kind of process or workflow and then the ceo just like jumps in because he's been on a call with a customer he just parachutes in and he's like drop it all work (laughs) on this thing that i just got yelled at for yeah exactly and that that could be uh could have a different solution which is to put in place an issue triaging process that can scale and be highly available even when the ceo is not around for example when he's mm. off getting funding in sand creek isn't that the name of the place in california or I sand sand hill i don't know sand, sand hill, hill I, think. I think it's sand hill anyway listen i'm <laughs> i'm in i'm i'm like uh, a vc like hillbilly i live in <laughs> podunk middle of nowhere which is by definition um anywhere that isn't silicon valley <laughs> so i don't know all these fancy words or companies <laughs> anyways it could, it could just be that you need that and I, I remember going through that process at my last company where the ceo would literally be well, actually sorry cto in this case would, would be on phone calls with customers resolving issues um and you know he realized really quickly that this process won't scale that we need a highly available rotation who can manage the intake of new issues coming from customers and then who can manage the process to resolution reliably and consistently without depending on super heroics you know of one person swooping in so mm. so that's almost more of a process thing than yeah. a uh than than a hire a new person thing but that could be the root of this micromanaging because he didn't say that the CEO like commandeers architectural discussions and you know important design decisions and things like that he's talking in the context of putting out fires so maybe that's all that needs Mm -hmm. to be solved and the micromanaging will go away yeah fires are a powerful um attractor especially if you built the system and know it well i've worked at places where i built stuff and i moved on and then things explode and it's it's like impossible for me not to jump in and Mm -hmm. try and help fix it Partially mm-hmm. because I know uh, what's going on more and partially because I feel some sense of responsibility and guilt yep. like, yep. oh, yeah, that was me. And then I want to like atone for my mistakes. <laughs> do you also do you also feel like a sense of curiosity, like morbid curiosity? Like, how did they get at the break like that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. OK, well, quest- question answered. Yes. 100% yes. So Good answered. luck, Mr. Big. <laughs> I think with our help, you'll soon ascend to become Mr. Gigantic. Mr. XL. 
Yes. Cool. Do you want to read our next question? Yeah, sure. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, I recently took the age-old soft skills engineering advice and I'm starting a new job shortly. In my new position, I will be the sole developer among a group of non-software engineers. Sorry, when when they wrote soul developer, I was thinking like soul music. Like, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> that's something else. Okay. Yes. I am used to having other developers around to discuss and work out designs with. I have also used coworkers as a resource to learn from, both discussing new technologies and techniques with them, and from reading and maintaining their code. What suggestions do you have for someone who does not have any other developer coworkers to find good mentors and examples to learn from or work ideas with? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. First of all, we try not to get too technical on this show, but this question did use two spaces between sentences, <laughs> which is technically incorrect. So just a little hard skill tip for you. <laughs> Why is that incorrect, James? <laughs> use one space. Uh, or as Dave suggested before the show, tabs <laughs> between sentences. <laughs> in my code, I use Why is spaces, it technically in incorrect? my sentences, I use tabs. Yeah, just configure your, your Microsoft Word to render the tabs as spaces, as one space, <laughs> and you'll be fine. It's technically incorrect because I disagree with it. Haven't you learned oh, anything from all your technical discussions? <laughs> got it. <laughs> That's just a word I use to add weight to my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> technically technically makes that it is, sound smarter that is technically incorrect it does sound good <laughs> it sounds strong yeah it does it sounds it's like technically a, almost a fact it almost sounds <laughs> like you know what you're talking about yep, like almost exactly. <laughs> and i do you can tell by the words i use so what <laughs> what should this listener do at this new job I'm thinking get, you've heard of rubber ducky debugging, right? Yeah. That's where you put like a, a little rubber duck on your monitor and you explain your problems yeah. to it. And then yeah. the act of explaining brings clarity. Well, yeah, I just realized I'm being a really bad podcast host because I'm like, Dave, I get it. You don't need to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> like, oh, you're not explaining it for me. <laughs> it's not for you, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> this is called rubber ducky explaining. Anyway, I'm technically a good host. You're right. you're the rubber ducky, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. so instead of a rubber ducky, get a bunch of cardboard cutouts of prototypical developers and just put them around your desk. And then ah. all the feeling of being surrounded by intelligent mentoring coworkers will come to you. But you won't have to be surrounded you... by them in real life. Wait a second. Are you suggesting that the act of putting cardboard cutouts that, that they'll come alive in some fashion. <laughs> like like a Toy Story thing, the cardboard mm -hmm. cutouts that you see in all these stores are actually alive when people aren't looking at oh, them. Yes, only when you're not looking. Okay. So if you ever come to uh, work They can still comment on your pull request, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What about if you did like a rubber ducky stand-up? <laughs> you just had a circle of ducks and you were in it. And you're the scrum and then master. You, you like, yeah, and you'd reach around and like squeak each one to be like, <laughs> I finished all my stuff. Squeak. Not blocked. <laughs> yeah, no blockers. You could take that pretty far. Mm -hmm. So let's say that they've tried it and uh, maybe they got the wrong cutouts because it didn't work. It didn't work. Okay. Then what? <laughs> what do they plan, do then? Plan Have B. you ever been in this position? <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was just saying, now, now we go to plan B. 
because obviously okay. plan A was going to succeed, but something went slightly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was technically a good plan. I have never been in this situation. I have never worked at a company where I was the only developer. Yep, never have. How about you? I haven't worked at a company full-time. I have been on projects where I'm the only technical person, though, uh, as a freelancer. Okay. Wait, was this your plan B? Nope. Nope. Oh. I don't have a plan B. Do you want to talk about it? I don't have a plan B. Oh, the plan B is we're going to figure out what it is right now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So here's, okay. Coworkers are great. It's good to have other people working in the code because you run into different perspectives and you learn new things, even just through explaining stuff to other people. But um, you also have this unique opportunity where you get to figure out everything yourself, everything. And most Mm -hmm. of the time that doesn't happen. I think I, I feel like it's more likely that people work in teams take this and use it as an opportunity to learn, I guess, is is what I'm trying to say. There's okay. a lot of value in collaboration, but if you don't have that, you might be forced to step outside your comfort zone a little bit. If you have not done like SQL schema design before and you've always worked with people who are really good at that, the good news, <laughs> you get to get good at it now. <laughs> yep. Um, and the, the, way, so, the way you get good at it is by screwing it up (laughs) yeah yeah i was gonna say stack overflow but (laughs) (laughs) so that isn't really a specific tactic or a tip but it's more like recognize that there could be some value in the situation even if it's different from other ones you've worked in that that it all falls on you which is great because you are the most capable person to accomplish any technical task and so you get the chance to develop a lot of new skills without yeah like dave said without um, people saving you from your own mistakes and and giving you like shortcuts to learning stuff, yep. which means you might not learn it as much. Yep. But what, what about connecting with other developers? Is there any way to do that even though they don't work with you? Yeah. Yeah, there are many ways. Uh, community is a big thing. Community is probably my favorite thing about being a software developer. There is Twitter. As long as you um, are good about it, it can be a great place to talk to other developers and learn things uh just don't yell at people on twitter that makes it a bad place um i mean there's <laughs> github and open source if, if you're worried about not having people look at your code um just try and make a pull request to like express or some popular <laughs> project <laughs> people will look at your code <laughs> uh but you can also get the same participation and feedback from other developers i mean yeah there's local user groups or or distributed ones even there there are all kinds of chat rooms and and i don't know online communities if there aren't um local groups where you live but these are all great for kind of exposing you to new technologies and maybe I don't know, giving a quick sanity check to some very broad ideas, they won't really help you. No, it's unlikely that someone from the community will just like dive in and pair with you on some code or review a pull request for your company or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a great solution for that. No. But you can I, still get access to other developer brains through community. Yeah. Yeah, I would suspect there are uh, legal implications to sharing your code with you know people outside your company. Yeah. You could find that out. Yeah, the hard way. Trying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Have you ever, um, yeah. have you ever met with, met someone or known anyone who has used a co-working space in this kind of scenario before? No. So well, I know. Probably. I can't think of anybody though. I know of a few people. I don't know them personally, but I know a few people who have used co-working spaces because they work from home. And so once a week or something, they'll go use a co-working space to work from. And there are other developers who work there in that same space, but they don't work for your company. And you can use that time to bounce ideas off one another and, you know, talk about technologies and other stuff. Hmm. That's cool. So it is kind of getting at what the listener is asking, where you can find people to work through ideas with. Yeah, exactly. Because you're all kind of doing it for each other instead of you just accosting someone at a meetup and saying like, hey, I have this idea for a new single page application architecture. Come to the whiteboard. And then you scribble one of those crazy uh, like mystery diagrams with all the boxes and arrows connecting everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really seen meetups work well for this. I've seen I've probably been engaged in a few conversations that are like, hey, I want to bounce some ideas off you. But it's so hard to share enough context in that limited time. You know? Yeah. And people are like, I want to go home. <laughs> I've, yeah. been, I've been here socializing for two hours and I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Got to edit that yawn out. Speaking of exhausted. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it says you're the sole developer among a group of non-engineer, non-software engineers. Is, I mean, will your team be able to grow ever? Will you be able to hire more developers or is it just going to be you forever? Because this might just be a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. Either you won't be on the team forever or or your team will only be you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might just kind of solve itself by waiting. That might be the second soft skills engineering advice. If the first one is quit your job and get a new one, the second one is wait and it will fix itself. <laughs> this problem will disappear in three months and be replaced with all new problems. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that's the least helpful advice ever. <laughs> And yet it is the most Wait helpful it, advice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It, it feels the least satisfying to deliver. It doesn't sure. make me feel like I'm handing over wisdom. <laughs> hmm. All right, well. I mean, if you are working by yourself, you can use however many spaces you want between sentences. Good and point. no one is going to be able to call you out or run a script to switch it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or introduce a linter. <laughs> that checks yeah. for it in your comments. Yeah. I, I would say don't don't shortchange yourself. This is a cool opportunity to get really deep on everything. You will be the one person who knows the whole system end to end. And I know we, we already talked about this aspect, but I mean this is going to stretch you in ways that it that you haven't been stretched before, where you whereas in the past you've probably been able to lean on someone for that one little thing that you never quite understood, that weird shell script that ran every night and did something, but you weren't quite clear on what, you know, that is gone. You're it. And yeah. I would expect this not to be a permanent state of affairs for you because eventually you're going to need to learn and grow from others. But I would say I take Jameson's advice and and uh, relish this opportunity to really go deep on everything. And I think that'd be great. I think you can still learn and grow from others at this time. You just won't do it in the same way as if you had coworkers. Yeah. And maybe not the same frequency either. Yeah. And even if you are on a team, um, there are times where you might be the most senior person on the team of pretty junior people. And you, Mm -hmm. you definitely learn things from junior people, but you might not learn like expert level architecture skills. You, You might learn how to work better with people, but I guess this situation of, uh, 
not having a lot of other people in your code to give you the answers is not unique to, to being the only person on your team. Yep. So figuring out the answers is a good skill to have. Yep. Totally. Agree. Or, or not even figuring them out. That implies there are answers getting stuff done without someone telling you this is the right way to do it. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's a better way of saying that. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right. Did we answer it? I think we did. Question has been answered. Where can people go if they want to ask a question? They can go to softskills.audio, our website. I sound like the price is right guy. (laughs) I wish I did, actually. (laughs) He's got a great voice. We have a link on the website where you can submit a question. Please submit your questions. We love reading them and we love answering them. And it's also got a button to subscribe. If you're not subscribed already, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review or just tweet about it. If you're not enjoying the show, you can still leave a review. Mm -hmm. We discourage it, though, because we only (laughs) want positive feedback here. (laughs) We welcome all feedback. If you have any feedback, good or bad, we'd love to hear it. Yep. Thanks very much. All right. We'll catch you next week.